ground under repairs, Amazon item of the week is the brush tee. Since the size of driver heads is always going up, you need to tee the ball high enough to get to the sweet spot without taking a divot out of the tee box. These put the ball at a consistent height every time. That takes the guesswork out of matters and lets you concentrate on all the other moving parts of your golf swing. I got a pair of these a couple of years ago, and I still use one every round, so they're pretty durable. Get a little bit more confidence in the big stick with brush tees. Just follow the link on our Blog Talk radio page. And now, Ground Under Repair. Welcome to Ground Under Repair. I'm your host, Tim Williams. At its best, golf is a sport that is intertwined with the communities it touches. So this week, I spoke with Bob Donovan, Executive Director of the Francis Wimet Scholarship Fund, which for 68 years has provided financial assistance with college to caddies throughout Massachusetts. We talked about the fund and the work it does around the game, the legacy of namesake Francis Wimet, and their long-standing work alongside the PGA Tour. Since 1949, the Francis Wimet Scholarship Fund has provided help with college to students who have worked at golf courses in Massachusetts, most notably caddies, as Wimet himself was once a caddy. It is the largest independent scholarship fund in New England. Bob Donovan, the executive director, joins us this week. Bob, thanks for coming on the show. Tim, great to chat with you today. Francis Wimet represents a sort of turning point in golf history, especially American golf history, as a champion from a background that made the game seem so much more accessible to people. So it's that much more appropriate that bringing in people to the game is one of the fund's priorities. Well, that's that's exactly true. Uh, we look at Francis as really America's first golf pied piper, and you can you know, look to Francis and Bobby Jones and then on down the line with Hogan and Snead and then certainly Arnold and, and Tiger. And uh, But Francis was the one who sort of broke the barrier, opened up the game, and, and in 10 years after his uh, landmark victory in the U.S. Open in 1913, uh, the number of players tripled, the number of golf courses grew exponentially, and so many people came into the game. And uh, years later, the WeMet Fund is trying to help young people get involved in the game and get forward with a you know good future on their lives. It's a little funny. So many people have this image of golf as this selective game for just the rich, yet so many of the major figures in the history of golf, especially in terms of large tournaments, are generally not from those backgrounds. You mentioned Arnold Palmer, who, for example, came from a part of Pennsylvania that's, in many ways, it's very rich, but not in terms of money. And then, of course, we met, lived near Brookline's Country Club, but not the way Tom Brady does today, more the way Putterham Meadows <laughs> does today. Uh, sounds like you understand the local geography a little bit. That's exactly right. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that, uh, that Francis lived on the other side of the tracks, but that was certainly a very simple home. And interestingly, it's still the same place. It hasn't changed a bit. And I've been in the house, and it's pretty simple. Uh, but it's it's not like Mr. Mr. Brady and Giselle's home across the way. <laughs> but you're you're so correct. 
uh, so many people, I know so many of our scholars, you know, we're need-based, and these are kids that come from a background where they need some help, and they get a job, and they work as caddies, and suddenly they're exposed to a very nice game and nice people, but they meet role models, and they see, gee, that's something I want to uh, attempt to attain and be like later on, and uh, uh, so many of them, through their exposure, they get involved in the game and they love it. And they, you know, the, the old caddy golf, they go on to become players, someday hopefully members at clubs. And they're the kind of people who participate. They play in tournaments and they work on committees and they give back. So, Yeah, a few months ago, I spoke to Dennis Cohn of the Caddy Association and he mentioned working on the comeback of caddies, this initiative to grow the game through getting more young people to work on golf courses. So it, it's interesting you mentioned the ways that people can come to the game in that regard. How is the scholarship fund working to grow the number of people that are, or the, the number of caddy programs in Massachusetts? Um. Thank you for mentioning Dennis. We're on a committee and we work together, and Dennis has just been a, a bellwether in trying to promote caddies and getting the Caddy Hall of Fame started and uh, so many special things that he does. Uh, for us, uh, we have for years promoted caddying, pushed it. Of our 300, actually 500 total scholars today, over 57% are caddies. So the, the notion that caddies are disappearing, that's not completely correct. I mean, there's room uh, for all kinds of young people who work in the game. Uh, but we have, we believe firmly that one of the key things involved in it is that uh, the kids need training and people who want to take a caddy who have a choice of, gee, am I going to take a caddy today or take a cart? They want value for the fact that you know they're going to be paying a little bit more to take a caddy. We've developed over the years, updated uh, every few years, a caddy training video, caddy training brochures. We make all of those available to the clubs at no cost. We get involved. I'm involved with Dennis in, in, in the, this caddy uh, effort nationally. And we see that the corner has been turned. Uh, we're promoting walking, getting out there, and people who are taking caddies view it, gee, they hadn't done it before. Hey, this is fun. This is really a neat way to do it. So uh, I think you're going to see a resurgence in caddying nationally in the next few years. About how many kids, give or take, and I, I wouldn't want an exact number, but some kind of a ballpark, went to work as caddies in, in the state the last summer? Uh, I would say that there's between three to 5,000. Uh, some of the bigger clubs that have very strong caddy programs can have anywhere from 50 to 120 regular caddies. And it's uh, uh, terrific to see some of the clubs that have really strong programs. They might, we may get 15 to 20 We Met Scholars in a given year out of some of them. And uh, I know one club in particular that's so proud that it, it runs a, uh, an annual fundraising event where there's morning and afternoon sh uh, shotguns and everybody walks with a caddy and they are good caddies. 
it does seem that there are a lot of private clubs around the, especially around the Boston area. So there are a lot of opportunities for people to work as caddies. I, I know a person who grew up basically on Indian Ridge. So he did that. He did caddying there a couple summers. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm familiar with some of these clubs and how much they promote the, and it's a great first job. It's a great summer job for, for a student because it's very hands-on and it's, it's a lot of character building and a lot of etiquette that you wouldn't learn almost anywhere else. Well, that's Tim, you're absolutely correct. Uh, you know, not to demean working in a supermarket or in McDonald's, but um, uh, getting out there for four hours, being with the person, really being in effect part of the team, you do learn so many character building things and you learn, a, uh, you learn about a sport, you learn uh, pluses and minuses, the good and the bad, and uh, you can make some decisions. So it's a it's a terrific first job, and you know kids can start at 13, 14, 15, younger than they can start at some other jobs, and uh, there's so many benefits to it. So obviously we like it, and we push it hard. In the past five years, your inner city scholarship recipients have grown tremendously. That's a real challenge for the game of golf at times. How have you been able to grow in that regard? Uh, we have two unique partnerships, one that we've had for 20 years with the city of Boston and the city of Boston has two municipal golf courses, Franklin park and George Wright. And they started a program that's actually based in the parks and recs department, but as part of the overall, uh, summer jobs program and You know, these were clubs that didn't have traditional caddy programs, don't have bag rooms, don't have ranges, don't have people who really take take care of carts. But they they believed in this and started a program that's a seven week, five day a week, seven hour a day. And they work on the golf course. They have caddy instruction. They caddy. They get some golf lessons. And um, it's been a terrific entree for them. And we've had. We've awarded a, and it, and it basically created a situation where it leveled the playing field. And now the kids who go through this kind of a program could be eligible to apply for our scholarship. And that's what we wanted to do was get more inner city kids, but we had to respect the integrity of what the eligibility was. So this made it work. And we've had 120 uh, young men and women get over 1.2 million in the last 18 years of scholarships. And several of them have gone on to just outstanding careers. And we're just starting a new one in the city of Worcester, which is the same thing, a partnership. And we actually worked with several foundations to raise the seed money to guarantee that this program would be operational. And, uh, uh, they've got 25 young kids that are going through this in the second year now. We expect to start seeing applications coming from them next year. And you know, these are real inner city kids who need help, and they're embracing the game and getting into it. And it's really fun to see. Yeah, you must get a lot of people who are really seeing golf for the first time in almost any regard, besides having heard about it or seen it on television, and that can be a real unique experience both for the kid experiencing it for the first time and people observing that. Oh, absolutely. 
Uh, I mean, you can imagine uh, here with some of these inner city young people, uh, they understand golf. It's a totally uh, new and different thing to them. And, uh, uh, but it's it's fascinating to watch how quickly they get it, they embrace it, and it's you know it's like many other sports. There's a competitive side to it. It's just they handle it a little bit differently, and uh, it is fun to watch. And also, it's fun to watch people who've never had a caddy before uh, develop that relationship and get into it and realize, boy, this really is fun. This is different. So it's it's a good thing. Yeah, having a caddy can be a, a bit of a unique experience, and for a lot of people, it can be a somewhat intimidating experience. They don't want to share their game with <laughs> with somebody who might be, you know, chuckling at them behind their back. They're always everyone gets self conscious when they talk about a caddy. Well, yeah, you do see a lot of that, and uh, uh, you know, to be that close to somebody who you might think is out there with a lot of good players all the time. And, oh, my gosh, now they have to be stuck with lousy me. So, uh, But, you know, a, a good caddy, a good kid gets gets through that very quickly. It makes whoever uh, he or she is with makes them feel comfortable. Well, and it works both ways. Since these are younger people experiencing the game for the first time, I think they have – I think most people have this experience with golf where you look at it at first and think, how hard can it be to hit the ball straight? And then you try it. And that's one of the most humbling experiences of your life the first time. And it, it's, it's about the persistence and it's about coming back. But it, at first, there's always that funny moment of, oh, yeah, I can do that. Well, it, it always is. And that, that happens with everybody who starts the game. But the amazing thing about golf, and you hear everyone say this is, once you hit that first good shot and have that feeling of doing that, now you get it and you want to do it. You may not be able to uh, do that again for the next three holes, but it's that one good shot and that feeling you're trying to do consistently. Hey, football fans, which by the ratings is pretty much all of us. Did you know that starting week four, Thursday night football is going to be on Amazon? Yeah, football's getting in the streaming game too, and if you want to catch Bears-Packers on the 28th, you're going to need Amazon Prime. Follow the link on our Blog Talk Radio page to add the NFL to your Amazon wish list, just like it's on mine between the Grand Tour and the Tick. Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime Video, starting week four. The We Met Scholarship Fund also provides caddies for the Pro-Am at the Dell Technologies Championship, formerly the Deutsche Bank. The PGA Tour works closely with a lot of charities, initiatives, and funds. What can you say about their enthusiasm for contributing to golf's community? Well, it's it's fascinating. Jay Monahan, who is the new commissioner of the PGA Tour, uh, Jay was the original tournament director of the Deutsche Bank Championship and had grown up at a club that had a great caddy tradition. And, and uh, uh, we knew Jay from the very beginning 15 years ago, and he knew that we met funded, wanted to work it out so that the we met kids would, would caddy in the Deutsche Bank Championship. And Seth Waugh was very supportive. And uh, uh, it's just grown from there. Um, it's And it's an absolute kick for our kids to be inside the ropes and 
you know, be out there with a uh, uh, Jordan Spieth or a, uh, Dustin Johnson or Tiger or whoever any of the, those, you know, the great players of the day are. And at the same time, uh, be with some of the great business leaders in the United States over the last uh, seven or eight years. I can remember our kids being with Michael Bloomberg, Carl Icahn, Mr. Trump, all of those folks played in the Deutsche Bank Championship. So it's a uh, it's not just about star golfers, but it's great business leaders that you get out with. I'd imagine with this generation of golfers, too, that the young caddies might get a bit of a lesson in caddying when they're out with, for example, Speed, who works so closely with Michael Greller in a way that we've almost really never seen before from from a tour player. Well, that's exactly true. It's 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 interesting that you mention that because there's been so much of a focus on the tour caddies and what they do, and they've developed really in a lot of ways their own personalities over the last couple of years. And I know a bunch of our kids who are regulars who caddy, and they just uh, have a, a great time out there, not only with the players, but getting to know the tour caddies and seeing what they do and chatting with them. And uh, uh, I remember two weeks ago. Uh, you know, people like Jordan Spieth and Phil Mickelson, we introduce our kids to them and, they, and uh, they're just so impressed by the kinds of young kids that we have. And our kids are impressed by the tour caddy. So it, it really goes both ways. Pro-Ams really show off how accessible the tour can be as well. It seemed like the pros were really enjoying themselves, even though it's a practice round and they're also getting in all the notes they can everyone they played with and their caddies were having the time of their lives and all the people I passed by, there were a lot of kids out on the golf course watching this. They had those flags that were completely full of signatures, not to mention the <laughs> weather was just about perfect. So talk yeah. us through the experience a couple of weeks ago at TPC Boston. Well, you're right. That was a, that was a lovely day. One of the nicest days of the spring uh, of the summer, I should say. And, uh, you know, there's morning and afternoon uh, groups that go out. Uh, we have, uh, we like to go out and get some pictures of our We Met kids that are in groups and with, with some of the, the top pros. So you get to observe a bunch of them up close. And we had two of our young young guys, for instance, in a group with Ian Poulter. And we watched uh, Ian Poulter and he's on the second hole, par five on the green, and working with every one of the amateurs on a shot, trying to show them a shot, how to do it, working with them. And the, the kid said, he's just the ball. And you see where some of the pros just really embrace the opportunity and get out there and really partner up with their amateurs. And uh, they develop, some of them develop, develop some nice lasting relationships with them. Yeah, I I covered that tournament and it was really an eye opener to watch the pro am and watch how how entwined with the community everyone seemed to be and how much they were all enjoying themselves and throughout the weekend as well. I you know, my big takeaway from watching the crowds at that tournament is I had no idea how much this was still Phil Mickelson's tour until I saw that he had the largest galleries. But I also remember during that pro-am standing on 18 watching Dustin Johnson tee off and there were a couple of kids right next to me 
and one of them had their grandfathers watching as well right behind them. Johnson hits his tee shot. He's got a driver. And the kid had to stop himself from swearing in front of his grandfather for a second. <laughs> so so it, it can be it can be amazing because you would expect that kids would you know, on the surface, you'd think kids might be a little bored at a golf tournament, but all they it's all the room in the world to run around. There's always something going on and they're always blown away by how hard these guys can hit a golf ball. Oh, they certainly are. Uh, it, it's uh, this tournament and I'm not sure it's any more so than other ones, but they really do a lot of work to try to have several different community days and all kinds of kids' activities and a fan experience uh, space along the 17th hole, which, uh, you know, there's simulators and so many different activities. But the kids are out there, and they have reduced prices. I think a lot of the young kids get in free during the first part of the week. And uh, uh, to see those people up close and see how they hit it, it's, it, it's mind-blowing. And uh, to look at a Dustin, I, I was watching uh, – Johnson and Spieth and Casey and uh, uh, Justin Thomas on the range, and it's like, oh my lord! I mean, even though we're we're used to it, uh, to see them up close, it, it's amazing. It is, and there and the tour is really blessed right now with this crop of younger players that it looks like they're going to be around for ten to twenty more years, and they're already so fantastically talented. So. These are these are people that are going to keep coming back, and they're going to become really well known to the to the people that attend these tournaments. Well, you're exactly right, and uh, there's so much talk about the, this twenty-some group that, 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 that you know they're in their twenties, they're young, and they're uh, they work at it so hard, and they're in they're such athletes, and they're in such uh, in incredibly good shape, and they take care of themselves, and they really work at it. So uh, you're seeing a level of competition and a depth on the PGA Tour uh, that, you know, you didn't have 15, 20 years ago. Some of that goes back to Tiger. Tiger, you know, worked out, and so many, so many of them said, gee, I've got to uh, get myself working out and do healthier things. And the tour started the uh, – uh, the trailer, the fitness trailer, and that sort of thing. And I think in the early years, some of the fellows just looked at it and said, what the heck is that? But today, they're fanatic about their conditioning, and uh, uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, it, it's very much a tour in Tiger Woods' image, as well as some of the others that came before as well. And they are golfers that love to show their personalities as well. It's They have that influence that's been passed down from generation to generation as well of the crowd favorites and they all seem to want to embrace these large crowds especially the louder ones the kind of crowds that aren't seen as your typical golf crowd it seems like these younger players really love for example the 16th hole at tpc boston where it's almost a stadium kind of setting yeah. and you know, in Jordan Spieth words, a few of the fans are a bit overserved. So, you know, <laughs> but that's fun for them, and they they kind of like that as well. So it's uh, much the way that you want to bring in young people to play the game on the beginner level. We have these younger people that are changing the way that it's played on the professional level as well. As golf is always evolving, so it's fun to watch that a lot as well. 
Well, it is fun, and I think that's the operative word. Uh, they're trying to make it more fun. They realize that uh, that's what they have to do. They're in the entertainment business. They have to uh, effectively become partners with the fans and the audience and entertain them. I mean, you talk about the 16th year. Well, what about that 16th out at Scottsdale? I mean, <laughs> that's the ultimate. Yeah, and that seems to be one of their favorite tournaments of the year. Sure. Is the, one of what used to be just an early season stop, a larger early mm-hmm. season stop, of course, TPC Scottsdale, has turned into one of the big early season tournaments of the year, The kind of the first thing before the majors that people pay attention to, this stadium hole. And then you go back to last year's Ryder Cup, where the crowd was almost like a football crowd. And they have had the time of their lives in front of those people. Yeah, I I think it's fun. And I think the players get uh, really jacked up by it. I think in the old days when they heard a little screaming in the background, they'd get rattled. Well, you don't see that as much today. And, uh, you know, the fear, you know, the bit of nationalism tied into the, the Ryder Cup and the, you know, the football game environment. They like that. You know, getting back to the Francis Wimette Scholarship Fund, supporting programs like this, it's not always about large donations and writing checks. For those listeners who want to help but might be stretched a little thin, how can they show their support? Well, uh, for, for the WeMet Fund, our website is www.wemet.org. And, you know, we welcome any donations. We have a uh, our core support uh, is what we call a bag tag program. It's a little bit like what they do in the Evans Fund and the Western Golf Association. We have a broad range of support programs, and this year we're giving out a, a milestone $2 million in scholarships. It comes from many areas. As you say, there's donations, large and small, and all of them are welcome, but at the end of the day, we're trying to help a whole lot of kids, and uh, it's how people in golf give back. People who play the game love the game, and if they can help the next generation, they will. It's good. The motto at this podcast has always been, golf is for everyone, so anything that grows the game like that is always welcome with me. Sounds good. That's a good, that's a good motto. Bob Donovan of the Francis Wiemet Scholarship Fund, thank you so much for coming on Ground Under Repair. Well, thank you, Tim, and uh, best of luck to you and your audience, and hope everyone enjoys watching the BMW Championship and the rest of the playoffs this year. All right, all the best. Thank you, sir. That's our show for this week. I'm off next week as I'm going to be moving to Florida, but we'll be back the week of the 29th. To find out more about the Francis Wimet Scholarship Fund, visit wimet.org. That's O-U-I-M-E-T dot O-R-G. Thanks to our partner website, Amazon.com. Thanks to iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks to Blog Talk Radio for being our host. And thank you for subscribing to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Final thanks one more time to Bob Donovan. I'm your host, Tim Williams. This has been Ground Under Repair. Fairways and greens, everybody.